0: Hey guys, thanks so much for joining us right here for the Active Church Podcast. We believe that you can tell a better story and we are so glad you are engaging with our content today. You're about to hear from one of our incredible teaching pastors and we hope that you'll be impacted by this message. Thanks again for being with us. Hey, Active, I am so excited to be with you this morning or the afternoon or whatever time you are watching this. But before we hop into today's conversation, um, you know, I see Active as really just my family, close friends, and over this past weekend, something really exciting happened. Um, I totally got engaged. <laughs> it's happening. There's a wedding to plan. Um, I am so stoked for what is coming up next and just super thankful for such a beautiful community like Active um, that has just celebrated with me, that has hugged, and um, just really get me excited for what is to come. So thank you, Active, for all of your love and all of your support. And we got a wedding to plan, guys. Before we get into all that, let's hop into today's conversation. I have a quick question for you. Now, I've never been good at math, so I'm gonna throw this math question at you, and maybe you can help me figure this out. Uh, The question is, you plus who equals conflict? You know, it's a little tough one, but listen, I got something I got to get off my chest, okay? A few weeks ago, I got into a little bit of a conflict with someone that you might know. His name is Pastor Casey over at Active Kids. Now, let me, let me break this down real quick. So here at Active Church, you know, we are very collaborative, right? And so as the youth director, I'm talking to Casey and Joe. We're bouncing off ideas about games and stuff. And, and I'm talking about a game that maybe you know, and I named it as Paper, Rock, Scissors, And Casey stopped me dead in my tracks, and he leaned into this tension that is now filling the room and said, what did you just say? And I said, well, paper, rock, scissors. And he said, no, it's rock, paper, scissors. Like, where did you learn that from? So we we get into this back and forth conversation, and we're like, you know what? Let's just just take it to Instagram, right? Like anyone else does. So we take it to Instagram. We put up a poll. And you know, I'm going to take the humble route, and I'm going to say, I lost. Big time. Matter of fact, the only three people who voted for my phrase, Paper, Rock, Scissors, um, was myself, was the Active Youth Instagram, which I also run, and um, my design page. So I'll take that route, but guess what, Casey? I got the mic today and you don't, so it's Paper, Rock, Scissors today from now on. Sorry, guys. Uh, But maybe you're also like my household. When the remote goes missing, everybody has to stand up. Everyone's a suspect, right? Empty out your pockets, put your hands, we're doing a pat down, where is the remote? There's conflict, whether it's big or small, right? That we face in our lives. And the question is, how do we deal with this conflict? And maybe you might find yourself in one of these categories that I'm gonna list. The first one is where I tend to find myself is avoiding conflict, right? Like we wanna pretend like it doesn't exist. I hate confrontation. So maybe you choose to avoid. Or maybe you lean into the conflict, right? When something gets you upset, someone makes you frustrated, you know the exact words that you want to tell them, so we engage in the conflict. Or the last thing I would say is we cancel them, right? We exclude them from our lives. We pretend like they don't even exist. I think it's safe to say that we live in a world full of conflict, whether it's big or whether it's paper, rock, scissors versus rock, paper, scissors, And over the past few weeks, we have been walking through a message that Jesus uh, spoke called the Sermon on the Mount, and we've been walking through the Beatitudes. And I want to read to you some of the ones that we have went through, and then I want to show you where we're going to land this week. So it's in Matthew chapter 5, verse 3 to 9. It says, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. And we find ourselves today landing on verse 9. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Friends, I believe this wholeheartedly that in this world of conflict, there's a missing piece, and that missing piece is the peacemaker. I wanna take you into this sermon that Jesus spoke um, during this time. And before we take you there, I think it's really important for us to understand who he was talking to at the time. So let's go back a little bit. So Jesus was talking to this group of people who were really angry, right? They they really just wanted peace. Matter of fact, these people were also the ones who remembered the stories of something called the Maccabean Revolt. I'm gonna break this down for you, okay? Okay. There was about a 400 year gap between the Old Testament of the Bible and the start of the New Testament, okay? And if you look at Jewish history, there was a lot that really happened in that gap for them. It was 167 BC where a group of people actually led a revolt that got rid of all of Greece out of Israel, right? And it took about seven years for them to finally defeat them. But the Israel was able, uh, was able to be restored back to the Jewish people. They dedicated their temple back to God, right? There was peace. There was prosperity in the land. Everyone was happy until, until a few decades later, the Romans, the Romans came in and they completely destroyed it all, all over again. They destroyed multiple towns. They enslaved over 30,000 people and so much more as if to say, don't mess with Rome right? And this is the oppression that the Jewish people were living under. These are the people that Jesus was talking to, and this is the, the pressure and the tension that they were riding once again. And they thought, well, maybe, maybe Jesus could be the one to, to help restore our land again, right? Like, maybe he could be the one. Like, he has, he has a good following, right? He's smart. Like, he, he, he does miracles. Like, he could be the one to bring justice back to what was once destroyed, But then Jesus, he says something astonishing. He says, blessed are the peacemakers. Like what? Jesus, peacemakers? Like, no, we we need to get our stuff back, right? But I want you to pay attention to the words of Jesus. He doesn't say blessed are the peacekeepers or the peace lovers, but peacemakers. And I want to give you a few differences between the two, between peacekeeping and peacemaking. Peacekeeping can look like this. It's passive. It avoids conflict. Uh, maybe you feel like you got to walk on eggshells. Uh, harboring bitterness is a thing. And, and maybe you just don't really know how to share how you feel pretty well. And then peacemaking looks like this. It's active. It's willing to wade into the conflict. It, you humbly pursue reconciliation. It chooses to not be offended, but to speak the truth in love. See, Jesus, he doesn't invite us to keep the peace, but he invites us to make it happen. And there is more, this is more than just peacekeeping, but peacemaking. Matter of fact, Jesus shows us this through his life. He wasn't here on this earth to keep the peace, but he was willing to wade into the messiness of people's lives. He was willing to have conversations that no one else was willing to listen to, right? He leaned in when others would isolate and push away. He was willing to confront and speak truth, even when it meant choosing people over principle. His drive was to make the peace, but not to keep it. Jesus gave us these words to remind us that we can be an agent of peace, even in a conflicting world. And sometimes we hear this and we think, well, that means I have to settle disputes, right? Like I got to make the peace happen. And, and that's not a bad place to start thinking. Matter of fact, we often find ourselves in this place, right? Maybe you have littles who argue over who stole whose toy or whose turn is it next, right? And you you stop them and say, hey, let's figure this out. Let's, let's figure out a solution, right? Or maybe you've done that with friends or coworkers or family members. It's easy to keep the peace when it doesn't involve us, right? But the problem comes when it becomes about someone else and us, you plus who equals conflict, right? It's tough when we have to face the fact that sometimes we might have to lose in order for the relationship to win. That's when the problem comes, right? Maybe we hear things like, well, you don't, you don't, what about my rights, right? What about the things that happened to me? You haven't heard my side of the story. We tend to fight for our side, or we avoid, or we delete, or we cancel, or we engage in the conflict. And let's be honest. You know you and I know me. And when we hear blessed are the peacekeepers, we might feel so far from that. Maybe the other ones that we read through, right? Like the comforting and the morning they're, they're tough, but maybe they're a little bit easier to swallow, right? We can handle those. We can brace ourselves through the morning. We can allow God to comfort us, but we can even lean into understanding how to have pure hands. But when it comes to peacemaker, Maybe this is where we feel like we got to pump the brakes. Maybe it's because of the pain and the hurt that comes from these emotions and these peoples and these memories. Because we promised ourselves that we would never get over that, right? Blessed are the peacekeepers, for they will be called children of God. We want this belonging side to this message, but we just, don't, we just aren't sure how we feel about the peace side yet. Maybe we feel divided because we just aren't sure if we can make it happen. Last week, Pastor Joe walked us through um, how every verse was a step that we needed to get to the next, right? It was one step at a time. For example, in order to be comforted, you had to go through the mourning process, right? And in order for us to get to the next step here, Jesus invites us into becoming peacemakers. Friends, it's peace with God that really does equip us to have peace with others. And that, that is our step into getting into this thing. It's peace with people that probably feels so out of reach, right? Like, but Jesus gives us good news. He says, hey, I'm going to get you right with God so that you can then be right with others. And I want to take you to a passage of scripture. It's written by a man named Paul. He's a follower of Jesus. And he's writing this letter to the church in Ephesus. It's Ephesians chapter 2, verse 14 to 15. It says, for he himself is our peace, who has made the two groups one and has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility by setting aside in his flesh the law with its commands and regulations. His purpose was to create in himself one new humanity out of the two, thus making peace. The two groups in the scripture that he's talking about are the Jews and the Gentiles, okay? These two groups of people despise each other. Now, I'm not talking like one person didn't like what the other person wore or they didn't like um, the place they chose for lunch. Like, these people hated each other. Like, it was to the point where if a Gentile were to walk into a home of a Jew, they would burn the house down to the ground because they just despise each other. And so Paul... He mentions this dividing wall that's between these two groups of people. And he calls it this wall of hostility. And I believe that in our lives, we might see those things as well. Matter of fact, I wanna give you two examples of some walls of hostility that I've seen in my life. Um, let me take you back to third grade, Jessica. Third to fifth grade. Now, I at this time was considered the tetherball queen. queen. Okay? I was undefeated for three years every day at recess. I'd run to the tetherball court and I would beat every single person who would try to come against me on that court, okay? I earned my title. Everyone knew the right side of the playground tetherball court was my court. I earned it. I was undefeated, okay? Then there was one one special day. One special day where a new girl joins our school. And so she comes to recess. She's a sweet girl. We go to recess and I'm, I'm going to my tetherball court like usual, right? This is what I do every day. Well this girl decides she wants to play tetherball. And everyone's like, no, you can't, you can't play. You know what's crazy? Her name is Yessica with the Y. We should be best friends, right? But now we're becoming enemies, okay? Because she's coming to my tetherball court. And so they're telling her, don't play, she's undefeated, you're gonna lose. And she's like, no, oh, I'm gonna play her. So we play a game of tetherball. And guess what happens? Jessica wins. She takes my crown. And you know where Jessica goes after that? To the other side of my wall of hostility because she took my tetherball crown. But all jokes aside, as I grew older and as I became an adult, I really felt like my wall began to get bigger and bigger. The list of people grew larger. Those who have hurt my heart that I entrusted to hold it with such value that hurt me, I would put on the other side of that wall those who I just wanted to avoid awkward conversations, just put them on the other side, right? And even got to the point where those that I would even assume would just belittle or judge me, I would just push them to that side of the wall. And that's what it was for me. That's what it looked like. But my question that I post to you is, what does that wall look like for you? Who's on the other side of that wall of hostility? Paul in the scripture tells us that Jesus is our peace. And what I love is that the reason uh, the, that the story of Jesus has changed the world forever is because there was no wall, there was no gatekeeper to say who can or who cannot tell a better story. Matter of fact, Jesus displayed that by setting the table for anyone and everyone to come and be invited into him. That it was the death and the resurrection of Jesus that gives us space to break through the walls and to be a peacemaker. I wanna continue on at that scripture we're talking about, Ephesians chapter two, verse 16. It says, And in one body, to reconcile both of them to God through the cross, by which, he put, by which he put to death their hostility. In other words, Paul is saying here, the death of Jesus on the cross is the thing that brings us all together. Because guess what? No matter how much the Jews or the Gentiles hated each other, at the end of the day, they both still needed Jesus. And it, it's Jesus who has made peace between us and God. See, there was distance at one point between us and God. So Jesus, he paid the price for reconciliation. And now we can have peace with each other because the bridge of reconciliation has been made so that we can cross through it. It's because of what God has forgiven us for that we have the reach and the ability to forgive others. Well, Jess, you don't know my story, right? Jess, you don't know what I've been through. You don't know who's hurt me. You don't know what I feel. And you're right, I don't. And you probably have every reason to be mad at that person or that group of people. I understand, I get it. But Jesus with us, he chose the cross despite what we would ever do. He he gave us space to make peace with God through the cross, even though we didn't deserve it. Because of this peace offering, we have the ability to extend it to someone else because we now know that it's possible to do it. Jesus tells us, hey, this is the best way to live. And you and I know this, you know, like, I know that I've wasted years, years holding on to grudges and bitterness towards people. And maybe those people didn't even know how much I was holding on, right? And in reality, I was the only one who was paying the price for it. When Jesus tells us, hey, you got to let it go, right? But after that, the follow-up question, if, if you're like me is, well, how do we do this? How do we become a peacemaker? Like, I want to live this life. I want to let go of the grudges. I want to break down those walls. How do we do it? And Jesus actually unpacks that a little bit more in the later part of the sermon that he gives. Um, I want to take you to Matthew chapter five, verses 23 to 24. Verse 23 says, Therefore, if you are offering your gift at the altar. Now, I want to pause right there because I want to kind of break this down a little bit. He says altar here because he's illustrating what they would have to do during that time. Uh, This was pre-Jesus, okay? So for them to be forgiven of their sins, they had to come and sacrifice an animal for their forgiveness of their sins, right? So these people, some of them would travel days, days to get here with animals around them to go and do this this practice, right? And so Jesus continues on the scripture and he says, If you're offering your gift at the altar and there you remember that your brother or sister has something against you, leave your gift there in front of the altar. First go and be reconciled to them. Then come and offer your gift. Think about this. Jesus is saying like, hey, this is not um, you're hurt by someone. No, this is someone that's saying, I don't like you, right? So he's saying, if you know this, um, here's what I need you to do. I need you to leave their gift at the altar, okay? Leave it there, go back home, and fix what you have to fix. Go as far back as you have to, to fix whatever needs to be fixed, and then come all the way back and do whatever you were supposed to do while you were here. This sounds crazy to them. They're probably like, are, you, are we hearing this right? Like, is he serious right now? Let me help you put this into context for us. Um, I'm hoping there's some Disney fans that are watching right now. But do you remember 2020 when everything shut down And that also meant that Disneyland closed its doors, right? And for me as a Disneyland lover, that was heart wrenching. But do you remember the time when it was announced that there will be another reopening of Disneyland? Okay, all the excitement is coming again. You got the date set on your calendar. Everyone's ready to go. Maybe you have laptops open. I'm talking like multiple computers open. You got the iPad, you got the laptop, the desktop, the phone. Everyone's ready to go to get a ticket because remember, Everyone's trying to get there, right? So you have to make sure you get your reservation. Maybe you even had to take a COVID test to get there, make sure everything was good. You set everything up. You drop money on these tickets, right? You maybe got some specialized merch, like you are ready to go, okay? You finally get your ticket. You're driving over to Disney. You can't wait to to feel the feels and to smell the smells because of course Disney has special air. And so you gotta just breathe it all in, right? And so you're at the front gate, okay? You're at the front gate, you can hear the music playing. You can see the rides. You can, you can smell the churros in the air. Like, this is exciting. You got some family around you, some friends around you. You got your ticket in hand, waiting to get into the gate. And then you stop you turn to someone next to you. And you say, hey, I actually can't go in. Like, what? What do you mean you can't go in? Yeah, you know, my mother-in-law's mad at me. I, I gotta go fix it. Dude, this is Disneyland opening day. You know how many people would kill to be at this spot and you have to leave because she's mad at you? Yeah, I gotta go fix it. This is how insane it sounded to these people. Like, what do you mean I have to go back and fix it? I've traveled for days to get here, Jesus. Like, I'm not gonna do that, right? But Jesus right here, he's telling us it's, it's you really being right with each other that prepares you to be in the right headspace, to be right with God. The goal is to make peace, to be the peacemaker. And it sounds crazy, I know, I understand. What we would rather do is, is post our Disney selfie with our Mickey ears and churro in hand and show them how happy we are with or without them, right? But Jesus calls us to be his child, to display and put into action peacemaking. Sounds simple, yet so difficult. But I have three things that I, have been helpful for me in progressing forward into becoming a peacemaker. And the first one I would say is to go immediately. Go immediately to that person. Now, give yourself some cool down time. If you're like me, I need some space to just calm down, get my thoughts together, right? But what I would say is when that happens, go immediately. Because if you do not go immediately, you will not do the second thing, which is to go directly. Because sometimes we might find ourselves being so worked up, so upset, that we go and talk to 10 other people about how they hurt us, what they did, and then we end up talking ourselves out of not going immediately. It's so important for us to go immediately and to go directly. And the last thing I would say is to go humbly. Now, listen, this is not an apology here, it sounds like this. Don't say this. I'm sorry you overreacted, right? Like, I'm sorry you were offended. Hey, maybe next time don't take what I said like that. Like, no one's gonna, that's not peacemaking here. Maybe we'll try something like this. Maybe we listen to them. Maybe we say things like, hey, I'm actually really sorry that I made you feel that way. That that wasn't my intent with what I said or with what I did, right? Like there's, there's humility that comes into play. And what I know is this, is that humility really is the soil for peacemaking. It's in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 14. I want to read the scripture to you. It says, make every effort to live in peace with everyone and to be holy, because without holiness, no one will see the Lord. Friends, you may not always be able to make peace with others, but we will strive to make every effort to do so, which leads me to this passage. Romans 12, verse 18 says, if it's possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Reality is, is not everyone will allow forgiveness, right? Not everyone will accept you with arms open. But as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone, letting go of bitterness and allowing the God of comfort to comfort you in a time of healing that you might need. When we do this, when we do this, we get a new math problem. No more you plus who equals conflict, but it becomes you plus peacemaking equals peace. Peace in your heart, peace in your mind peace in your home, a peace that gives you a break to rest. Because when we live in a life full of conflict, it always feels like we're on the go, like we can never rest. It's a peace that paves the way for clarity, a peace that strengthens our humility, a peace that fuels the story of God to the world and to our world. And this means that you're willing to wade into the waters. That means that you're willing to take the steps forward to break through the walls of hostility rather than to build it higher. It's choosing to lean into Jesus for guidance and for clarity. When we do this, we step into the next part of the scripture, becoming a child of God. Maybe for some parents out there, you know when your littles argue, it might be annoying sometimes, right? It might even be funny because of the things they argue over. But when those littles become adults and they're arguing it becomes a plea for help would you please just forgive your sister would you please forgive your brother would you just call them or text them right and and God here is even saying hey I gave my son I gave my son so that you can be right with you and you can be right with you and you can be right with each other it's because of that choosing to make peace with one another that it God equips us to choose to make peace with him and peace with one another. There's two ways forward that I wanna leave you with today. Uh, As we take the next steps forward, as we lean into the last part of this sermon, uh, Baptism Sunday is coming up here at Active. Easter Sunday is actually the day that we're having baptisms. And maybe baptisms could really be that next step to say, hey, my story, it's connected to Jesus now. And I'm choosing a better way forward, right? Like I'm going to put to rest the old stuff, all the things that I've been heaping in my heart. I'm going to put that to rest. Matter of fact, I'm going to break through the walls of hostility in my life and leave those pieces in the water behind me. I'm going to come up and know that my story is new because of Jesus. And you can do that today. Maybe you're thinking I'm ready to sign up for baptism. I'm ready to publicly declare the private work that Jesus is doing in my heart. Do me a favor, text this number that you see on the screen and let us know and one of our activators would reach out to you and we'll get you connected for Easter Sunday baptisms. The second thing I want to challenge you with today is do to, I wanna go back to that, that first question I asked. I don't want it to get lost. Who's on the other side of that wall for you? And I think the next step is acknowledging that, right? It's choosing to be the peacemaker. Listen, you might've felt like the Jewish people where you had your land and then it was taken and then you had it again and then it was taken again and you're tired, you're frustrated, you're angry. God, why is this continuing to happen, right? Like, I feel like I can't trust anymore. I feel like I can't love anymore. But Jesus, he reminds us that, you know, you're looking for someone to clean up the mess and God's like, I'm here. I'm right here, I'm here to heal the wounds of the past. I'm here to lift the weight of the words that were spoken over you. I'm here to give you the courage to be the peacemaker. And he reminds you once again that in the arms of the father, right? The Bible says, blessed are the peacemakers for they will be called children of God. And in the arms of your father, you will never have hope taken from you again. Life may feel chaotic and crazy, but hope could never be taken away because you are wrapped in the arms of the Father. He holds your heart and he brings confidence and assurance to know that you can be a peacemaker. Friends, you can live in peace, even in a world full of conflict. Let me pray for you. God, thank you so much. Thank you so much that even in the chaos and even in the messiness, God, that you, you lean in, Lord, that you've never been afraid to draw close to us, God. Matter of fact, You draw so close that you call us your children. And so God, I pray that you would give us the courage that we need to take steps forward into breaking through the walls of hostility and choosing to be a peacemaker, choosing to invite peace into our minds, into our homes and into our hearts, God. But we thank you for the steps that we have to take forward, God. And even if they feel hard and even if they feel heavy, God, we thank you that you tell us that as we choose peace, God, that you are right, there with us. So God, I thank you for what you're doing. Thank you for Baptism Sunday coming up, Lord. God, I pray that you continue to help us tell a better story together. In Jesus' name, amen. We hope you enjoy the Active Church podcast. If you want to know more about Active Church, you can follow us on our social media platforms at Active Churches. Don't forget to subscribe as well to stay connected to future podcasts. And if you are local, we would love for you to experience the room with us. Sunday services are 9 a.m. and 10.45 a.m. in Yucaipa. See you next time.